Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. It is March 1st, 2022. How the hell did that happen? It is March 1st, 2022. We are here to talk about everything going on in the world of hockey and maybe even a little bit of baseball with some of the breaking news that popped up just before we started recording today's show. Right off the top, as always, we need to mention that this show is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. You can use code Tukey at checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping when you use the code Tukey at checkout. Manscaped, your number one destination for all of your male grooming needs from your nose to the ear hair to down there and anywhere in between. Let your imagination run wild at Manscaped. And it's better to have your imagination run wild than, uh, you know, kind of kind of letting the shrubbery run wild. Manscaped.com, code Toogie at checkout. 20% off. Free worldwide shipping. Shrubbery. Boys, Me. how you doing? Endo Mills, how you doing? You missed the last show. How are you? Um, I'm all right. Uh, I did like 16 to 17 hours of snow removal. Uh, it was not fun. Uh, I'm okay now. And yeah, hopefully that was the last snowfall of the season. Fingers crossed. So I don't have to miss any. <laughs> it's snowing podcast. here tomorrow, and I'm so upset. <laughs> oh God, I should check the weather if it's gonna snow here. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing all right. Uh, you know, good. I had a great weekend. Interesting weekend. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back here. Uh, I'm glad to see Sin. I missed you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Slidey for the Winsky is back. I am back. Yeah. I missed like yeah. two shows at least. Yeah. Well, you, know. <laughs> you know, I mean, you gotta, you know, sometimes you get things and stuff going on. You gotta take care of yourself and say, on oh, a podcast, Pfft. which is perfectly fine. Because <laughs> in the meantime, you got to watch the Boston Bruins beat the San Jose Sharks, and it was a good time. Yeah, that was a game. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> Sure was. Well, I got to say about that. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we will talk about the Bruins here in a little bit, but we want to start off this podcast. It's been the first time in a little bit since the three of us have been here, and it's been a little bit since we've been able to answer some fewer questions. Let's get this thing on the road. First and foremost, Discord is the place to be. There is a link in the description, whether you're watching in video form on the YouTube side of things, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever, there is a link in the description to join up on the Discord. There is the podcast questions section that you can uh, ask away, and well, we'll see what happens. Much like Razor Sharp just did, what are some fun alternatives we can all do this summer when baseball just isn't going to happen? Read a book. Now... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mentioned I mentioned baseball uh, literally like 10 minutes before we started recording. It was confirmed uh, that Rob Manfred uh, at a press conference mentioned that there were going to be games canceled uh, for this MLB season, and uh, that's how it starts. You start with some, and then you see how far it goes. Me, personally, uh, I mentioned it's going to be snowing, and this summer, while I'm not normally like the you know, proponent of uh, hot weather and such, I am going to be outside a ton. I am going to watch a lot of F1 on my television. Those are my summer plans, to just get shredded, just get lean and shredded, and be a new me while watching F1. <laughs> so Endo's going to read. Sin, what are you going to do this summer when there's no baseball? Yeah. Um, I am going to get outside as much as possible, go as many places as possible. 
Uh, and gonna come to my house. Yeah, it's gonna be great. And I'm also gonna try to, especially in like July and August, got to just try to escape the area as much as possible for when it's 110 degrees. There you go. And my tiny Oof. my my apartment on the upper story gets too hot, and it does, even with the AC and the air conditioning in my room, it still Dude. is hard to bear. This past summer, my God, I was so happy. So the summer before uh, of 2020, girlfriend and I were in an apartment. It was on the second floor. <sighs> Holy hell. There were some days where it's like, oh, it's 80 degrees outside. And we'd look and be like 105 inside the apartment with the way Ooh. heat rises. Now we moved to our house, obviously, last year. And it's one story, 80, 90 degrees inside. Still nice and cool for mm. the most part. Yeah. Just. Yeah. With the exception of this office, like if I close my door for the sake of sound, it's like, you know, you need the AC, but, oh, God, best thing you can do. Get a one-story uh, get a one-story yeah, place, plan. no staircases, it's the best. Yeah, it reminds so. me when I was at my old place, uh, not last year, year before that with Polina when I moved in, it was like a small little shoebox. Like, my office is like pretty decently sized. I think it was roughly like three times that for like two people. Uh, it was like a temporary kind of thing, and it was just, I don't want to say like government housing kind of thing, but like, it was, it was, it was not in proper condition. There was cockroaches. Say section nine. That. Yeah, section, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was bad. Um, like, we'd have to have like, uh, in, inspect, inspectors come through constantly to get exterminations for like bed bugs and all that. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. Yeah. We looked it up like before, and that, like, that building had a big issue with that ahead of time, like way before. And this is like before I met her. So I, when I met her, I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty nice. It's pretty cool. And then I started living there. I'm like, how did you deal with this during, during university? Like, that's, that's ridiculous. She's like, oh, you know, it was just me. I just kind of did my own thing and being as resilient as she was. But now we're here at this place. And I I don't have to worry about heating whatsoever. The only thing I have to worry about is this place being super hot because it's like you know when the heating is like too good. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you're kind of like okay, I I I'm having an issue where like I can't manage this because it's too hot. Then it goes like oh, and then it's too cold. It's never like a good middle ground. Yeah, you have the heat on and it says 62, but it's actually 106. And then mm -hmm. you have the heat off and it says 62, but it's actually four degrees. Exactly. It's a fun time. Uh, should mention as well, John asked this question in regards to baseball. Who's the bigger scumbag, Gary Bettman or Rob Manfred? Ooh. It's Rob Manfred. Number one, hmm. um, I've never seen a commissioner smile so much and laugh so much at a press conference where he's announcing games for his league is are being canceled. Uh, and as well, he called the trophy a piece of metal, I believe it was. That was what? the quote. And I don't think you would have ever, you will never hear Gary Bettman refer to the Stanley Cup as anything other than this uber prestigious award. He'd never just be like, ah, oh, yeah, that hunk of metal, the Stanley Cup, Jesus. because Canadians would murder him. So, yeah, it's it's Rob Manfred, and obviously right now it's it's the hot button topic of, of baseball, and obviously like spring training should be going on, and yeah, no, um, baseball. There's a reason why it's uh, interesting. <sighs> There's a reason why it continues to kind of fall behind, obviously, the NFL, the NBA, like baseball. Let me know if I'm wrong. It's closer to hockey than it is the NBA or the NFL. Probably. I, I think that's I my fandom has completely just continued to deteriorate. Uh, 
throughout the years. And I, I, it's to the point where I would have just said Gary Bettman because I don't know jack shit about Ma- Rob Manfred. So I wasn't going to just, you know, completely mm. chastise a guy that I don't pay any attention to. But, yeah, that sounds pretty awful. I will take your word for it. But Gary Bettman is shit, too. Let's not forget, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Next question comes from AJ. Noted Canucks fan, he asks, how do the Canucks deal with their backup situation? Do they ride out with Halak, who's the worst goalie in team history since 1999? He added, yes, I did look it up. Or do they call up Spencer Martin for the rest of the year and sit Yaroslav Halak? So Halak, I do believe, just played his 10th game of the year, which netted him an over $1 million bonus. Halak this season has an 883. Oof. In those 10 starts yeah. with a 2 6 and 2 record and a 3 4 2 goals against average. That goals against average is kind of the tipping point because I was looking up discussions about this and it does seem like they typically play Halak. Now, we've talked a lot about goalie usage, right? Demko, 41 starts, Halak has 10. They are practically only starting Halak on back to backs. And. The number one complaint I saw, and I haven't watched a ton of Canucks games, but from the threads I was looking at was people saying the Canucks defense often just doesn't show up on the second half of a back-to-back. So you have the fact that the team has issues showing up in the second half you know, of a back-to-back, along with Halak just naturally struggling as a, I think, 37-year-old mm. goaltender? 36, excuse me. I I don't know. Like He mentioned Spencer Martin. He has a 958 in three games but he's kind of been a career AHLer. I just think it depends on whether or not you think the Canucks can make the playoffs and yeah. as to whether or not you go out and get a better backup than your Slava Lock. But man, 41 starts out of 51, I believe now for Demko, you are going to run him into the ground. Yeah, you don't want to do that to a young goaltender. Um, I always think of Carter Hart, um, especially if he struggles at some point and then... Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that, that surprises me about Yarrow Halak because I always loved him. I thought he was a great, great backup. I really thought, like, I wanted the Sharks to go after him and, you know, use him as, like, a, a 1B situation. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate for him. That's an interesting point that you that is brought up, like, the, on how they're using him. And, yeah, so back in the topic of baseball, it's like, are you, are you misusing a setup guy? Or are you usually ha- using him as a middle inning guy or, or what? Like, when the mm. – <laughs> but, yeah, it's – if I mean I don't doesn't I don't it makes sense the Canucks defense doesn't show up certain games because they're not a great defensive core although saw some numbers where they were looking pretty good since Boudreaux took over yeah at the same time I don't know it's I think it's a combination Endo you're the goalie guy what are your thoughts yeah um <clears throat> I think uh, definitely his confidence is shot. Uh, with this performance and how he's played. I guarantee he probably wants to get out there and show sure that he, he can prove himself, but he netted that bonus. I think their best idea right now is to roll the hot hand, and Spencer Martin needs... I think Spencer Martin needs more more games out there. Um, do, do you leave Halak up just as a press box guy? Like, Dak, do they still have Taxi Squad? I don't even know. <clears throat> they got uh, taxi, taxi Squad, squad is inactive at the moment. Because uh, <laughs> right now, do they have three active goalies on the roster, or is it the, uh, the Martin gets... I think out? it's just Demko and Halak who are on the active roster at the moment. Yes, Ooh. confirmed. Yeah, but so. then that makes you think if they're going to do something with, to bring up Martin, they're going to have to either drop Halak or drop someone else down. 
and then it gets into the muddy situation. It, in the perfect world, I, I've yelled this uh, from the top of my lungs, three goalie tandems, so that way if one goalie slips up, you have another chance to use another guy as well. Um, but in this situation, I think I get. I think they have to, to wait it out because do you think a team's going to go pick him off off waivers if you have to send him down to bring up Martin? Like that's a that's another question as well. Yeah. So I I don't know the answer for the Canucks here. I mean, I'd be intrigued to know if Spencer Martin could do a better job than Halak if those factors are correct about the Canucks kind of struggles, but. Right now, Vancouver, uh, three points behind Dallas for the second wildcard spot. Dallas has three games at hand. Yeah. So I I just I don't see it happening unless they change that backup goalie situation because Demko, the wheels are going to fall off. Like, even if they make it into the playoffs, like, yeah. he's just going to be completely gassed. Like, we've seen that before with fantastic goalies. That's just what happens. Next question from Hawks. What is the biggest question mark for each of your favorite teams at this point in the NHL? So let's jump ahead to our little leaf section here for Mr. Endo Mills Get and talk it. about Rip the, the game off. against the Detroit Red Wings. Rip the bandaid oh, off. So we don't have to talk about this ever again. Jesus Christ. Because I think we know the biggest issue right now for the Leafs. This comes from Money Puck on Twitter. With 17 goals on 4.8 expected goals, the Leafs-Wings game is by far the worst combined goaltending game since the NFL, uh, since the NHL's event tracking started in 2007. <laughs> the previous worst was a Jets 9-8 win over the Flyers in 2011 with 8.7 above expected. Again, this hit. They shattered it. <laughs> they they like absolutely shattered it. it. 17 goals on 4.8 expected. <laughs> I mean, they kind of almost quadrupled it. Like, holy yeah. shit. Jack Campbell, before January 1st, had a 937 save percentage. All-star. After January 1st, he has an 887. Martin Jones. Head <laughs> off. So, so, Endo Mills, uh, feel free to talk about that Red Wings game and your range of emotions, but at the same time, what's the biggest issue for the Leafs right now, buddy? Um, it's always been goaltending. Uh, it's like everything. It's either like goaltending or it's the like there, there's there's so many things that are wrong with that organization. They're great people, amazing individuals. I've I've met a few of them and the one thing that they just lack is consistency. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Like you hold a lead. You can't hold it. Yeah. You're down from behind. You can't, you can't win from behind. Like, I don't know how this team wins games because they have such a talented roster. We've talked about this all the time. Just, they're just, that team is like so much talent, but they just, they just don't play for the other person. They just what play I've... for themselves. That's what what I've kind of like. seen, if I could interject for a moment, when at least what I've observed, I'm, I don't watch as, as you do, but Im, relatively impartially, when they blow a lead, it's awful. When they yeah. come from behind, the reason that they were down was because they were awful. So it's like even those victories, because I, I do think they do come from behind because they have the offensive firepower to do so. But it's like, why did you have to make it so hard like on yourselves? This is such a talented roster. I think that's kind of the air that they have about them is that like, why do you it's like they're their own worst enemy with and I don't you know, that's that's at least my observation on that. Just to add on to what you were saying. I guess you could say the team is lit. <laughs> <laughs> I got a chuckle for it. 
Yes. That was I had to do it. Sorry. That was it was the best. I got to mention lit on a podcast in 2022. It's your show. Okay? You can see whatever the fuck you want. Goddamn right. Yeah. But the McDonald's Burger King. What's there that? we go. I don't know. <laughs> the, that's going to be the name of one of our players in NCAA 14 at this point. McDonald's. Um, Chicken Nuggets. <laughs> Chicken McNuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Two forget for free. Uh, Listen. So the Leafs are a disaster. That's the Leafs' biggest issue. They are a, a head case. That's their biggest question mark. Can they fix it? Sin, the biggest question mark for the San Jose Sharks. Um, am I ever going to shoot myself? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, it's well, like, what the fuck? That, that's my biggest question mark. What the fuck? Um, how 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 are you still con- trying to convince yourself to try to contend? You have like f- four NHL defensemen injured. Uh, mm-hmm. You have Shane Wright coming up. Uh, even if you don't win him, there's a ton of other good prospects. Your ticket sales are in the shitter. Um, just admit to yourself that you're in a rebuild. Stop saying we're not rebuilding. This reminds me of the goddamn Habs and how I'd give them shit, like unrelenting shit about them constantly saying yeah, we're not which, rebuilding. You haven't been on the show since Goal Caulfield reemerged. Do you have any oh, comments God. on uh, Montreal and Cole how many? How many goals does he have now? A lot. Yeah. God. <laughs> Like Martin St. Louis has totally like you know just allowed Cole Caulfield to uh it's to emerge. It's he fine. has his his current stat line uh 18 points in 38 games, which isn't overly impressive at first glance. Uh but he only had like one goal see... for like a quarter of the season at least. <laughs> Let's see. He has eight points in his last five games. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, he's 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 solid. I, I always knew he was going to be solid if he can do it consistently. Fine. Um, I just I, I don't buy it. He's a guaranteed forty goal scorer every single goddamn year until he proves it to me. Anyway, I think that's fair. Yeah. So sorry to sorry to have uh, interrupted. And no, it's fine. Story, but what, I guess what was I even saying? Biggest biggest question. Oh, yeah. I guess what my takeaway would be is Doug Wilson. <sighs> yeah. Right, because every time I mention, like, man, I'm surprised Doug Wilson's still in charge. You've had, yeah, you know, I've, I've had you be like, well, this mm. is why, and I've had no sleeves like mention, like, oh yeah, this is why. Um, I get that there's a lot of confidence in him, but at the same time, yeah, I like you mentioned, they are currently uh, seven points back of Dallas, and Dallas has a game at hand for that second wild card. Oh spot yeah, yeah, we're right we're not gonna make the playoffs. That's I I know that. I I still. If you get rid of senior, I want to see junior stay exactly where he is and where in the spot he's in because the work that he's done drafting. Um, I think if you'd like, like I said, it, it, that's why it's. I think at least for me, I, I wouldn't because I don't know if he stays if, if dad goes. Like uh, that's the only thing that kind of worries me. And I mean, I don't want to see them just grab some other GM who's been a GM in the, in the league. Like, I, I'm just, all the other GMs scare me more than Doug Wilson does. And that's that's a lot of my hesitancy around it. Like, getting everyone's like, fire Wilson, the terrible contracts. Like, sure, but, like, dude, look at sure. It could be worse. Still, It really could be worse, guys. Like, I don't think that's fair. people really grasp, like, how, how much worse it could be. Like, it is still Eric Carlson, even though he gets injured fucking constantly. If he ever stops getting injured, he was great. Like, he was so good this year, considering. 
I don't know if if you if you have a couple years of drafting and are able to integrate all this crazy young talent, and then you still have those older pieces, eh, some shit could happen. But yeah, it's I don't know. I think again, I if if he does go, which fine, I'd be cool with that. Get someone else new in there, um, and I want to see Doug Wilson Jr. stay on either in his position where he is now as like head of scouting and as the main drafter, um, or just be the fucking GM. But I don't know. So sometimes nepotism hires are good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just quickly, I got to run. I locked Polina out again. Um, <laughs> wow. Ahead. I hit the, Holy I hit the bolt, shit. But I didn't hit the other one. The letter. Just go and I'll talk about the Bruins. It's fine. So the question from Hawks again was what was the biggest question mark? And it kind of leads into the next question anyway, uh, which comes from Garber. Given Jake DeBrusque's recent performance, do you see the Bruins try to retain him at the deadline for a cup run or deal him at peak value? And can DeBrusque keep up this uh, this play? And that is the biggest question right now for the Boston Bruins is what the hell are they going to do with Jake DeBrusque? Uh, last night, he scored a hat trick against the LA Kings. He has nine points in his last five games, seven of them being goals. This is not overly coincidental, as especially in the last few games, he has been on a higher line, the first line with Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. Imagine that. You put a player like DeBrusque next to two of the best forwards in the NHL, and he kind of has no choice but to sink or swim, and he's been swimming. Yeah. So it's that's easily the biggest question is what are they going to do with DeBrusque? And in terms of what I'm thinking, I mean, we joked about it, Sin, earlier, right? Like, oh, yeah, trade him for Tomas Hartle. Let's go. And then I, I thought it was going to be a Vander Kane too. Before, of course, yeah. he ended up in out uh, in Edmonton. I I don't know what they're going to do with Jake DeBrusque. I do think if they are kind of similar to the Sharks, right? The idea of like, oh, we're going to go for it. Still, if you are of the opinion that you are still going to go for it, and that is certainly what Don Sweeney and company look like they're doing then you keep Jake DeBrusque while he's playing this well. Uh, the guy is an RFA at the end of the year. You have no pressure to deal him yeah. right now. You could say it's at peak value, but what are you going to get for Jake DeBrusque? Like, are you, you're not going to be able to trade Jake DeBrusque for Tomas Hurdle, more than likely. I mean, there could be some combination of it where, you know, it's a sign and trade. DeBrusque goes to the Sharks with other stuff and the Bruins get hurdle, but at the same time, yeah, you know, Tomash hurdles an improvement on Jake DeBrusque, but at the same time, would you not just want to keep Jake DeBrusque and then still go out and try to get someone like Tomash Hurdle using other assets and then you're really going for it? Yeah. I think they have to keep Jake DeBrusque, and let's be honest, even if he cools down a little bit and he still wants a trade in the offseason, there will be a team that looks at this span and says, eh, fuck it, let's, yeah. let's go for it. Yeah, if, if teams kept getting go, going for Galchenyuk over and over and over again, I mean, DeBrusque mm. is, is going to have interest. And like you said, RFA, you guys still have all the cards. You still have his value, even if he doesn't sign or anything like that. Like, you have the RFA. Like, it's whatever. If you trade his right somewhere else, you know, that's... It's well, yeah. You have more value in that you're not trading an expiring contract. Well, I mean, you know what I mean—an expiring UFA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the same time, too, I mentioned it—the the Kings game, the Bruins beat LA seven to nothing last night. Holy <laughs> the shit! Bruins were on their California road trip. Uh, Jeremy Swayman with the shutout. Uh, he just became the first uh, rookie, uh, or at least rookie of the month winner. 
since Andrew Raycroft. I do believe is what I saw is that he is the first Bruin to win Rookie of the Month since Andrew Raycroft did it in 2004, which is insanity. Um, I mean, after last night, he's fourth in the NHL in save percentage. He has a 9.29 and is tied for first in goals against with a 1.95. So certainly uh, feeling pretty optimistic about the goaltending despite the departure of Tuka Rask. Uh, Certainly not their biggest issue. I love Jeremy Swayman. I really wanted to mention he is fantastic. And uh, in that 7-0 game, I just thought this was a cool stat. Both Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith recorded their 200th career assist on an Eric Holla goal, which was Holla's 100th career goal. It's interesting how those milestones lined up. But Jake DeBrusque, keep him. Deal him in the offseason if he still wants to go, but keep him and fucking go for it. Like, the Bruins still have uh, their first and second this year. They have Calgary's third. If you're going to go for it, Patrice Bergeron's 36. Let's go. Like, let's not half-ass this bullshit. If you're going for one more cup while Bergeron is still here, you got to go all in. You can't just dip a toe in the water and be like, yeah, this is good. Like, dive in. Or don't, especially given that Bergeron's contract is up at the end of the year, which scares me a lot. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. Again, Discord, link in the description to be able to send in your questions. But for now, we get to go to our general uh, side of things, and we get to talk about fun stuff, like world events, and uh, from all... Aspects that we can see the Russian military getting pooped on by the Ukraine, (laughs) which is lovely. But again, the last show that we had was very difficult and had to navigate this, right? I want to try to keep this to within what is happening in sports right now, especially in the the world of hockey. Obviously, in sports in general, there is a lot. Uh, Again, like uh, Russia has lost the Champions League final and there's so much going on in terms of the pressure being put on in ways that, you know, can ultimately hurt this Russian regime. For example, uh, Jokerit and Dynamo Riga have both withdrawn from the KHL. Uh, of course, you know, uh, Finnish and Latvian representation there. Dynamo Riga outright departing in all aspects of the KHL, every single tier. The IIHF has suspended all Russian and Belarusian national and club teams from IIHF competition until further notice, and they withdrew their hosting rights of the 2023 World Juniors. Wayne Gretzky mentioning this as well in kind of response to this, and Wayne Gretzky is someone... Uh, with half Ukrainian heritage, so this isn't really surprising. Uh, But in response to the IIHF and some people being like, oh, well, you're punishing the kids, he said this, it's not about punishing Russian kids. What about the Ukrainian kids that are being killed? We shouldn't compete against Russia right now while they're at war against an innocent country. Yeah, that's... It's kind of crazy to me that people are so short-sighted they can't understand that, or they're deliberately misunderstanding... it's kind of nuts. I think that kind of sums it up the best, but yeah, it's, this is what you do. You have to send a message. I, yeah, it's not their fault, but guess what is their fault? Everyone just standing by while that madman continued to gain and compound power, continued to fucking poison, uh, political opponents to disappear journalists. No one did shit. 
Sure, you were scared, but now it has to be your responsibility. And we'll continue to kind of talk about yeah. that as we go along here through the segment. And again, everybody, it's not the most fun thing to talk about. And I, I get that. You know, at the same time, like, I don't want the mood to be like, hey, let's talk about a literal war that's going on yeah. right now. But at the same time, it, it it's it's intrinsically tied to hockey as we will continue to discuss. Now, the NHL, um, in response as well, have suspended all relationships with Russian business partners. They have also paused the Russian social media and digital media sites as well to, again, put pressure on in what ways they can. And they have also mentioned this. Um, in their statement, they said, uh, and quote, we also remain concerned about the well-being of players from Russia who play in the NHL on behalf of their NHL clubs and not on behalf of Russia. We understand that they are uh, that they and their families are being placed in an extremely difficult position, which is fair in the vast majority of instances when talking about Russian players. There is one, however, where... Um, you know, you, you do have to question, in a sense, just how much, and, and Crash talked about this on the last show, but you have to question just how much is, oh, be fear for the family, and you have to do what you have to do, versus being complicit. Mm -hmm. And that player, of course, is Alex Ovechkin. Now, to immediately start this off, obviously, Ovi is one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Period. But you can call out the character of a talent while still acknowledging how good they are at what they do. Uh, it's no different, in a sense, than me being like, hey, I think Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, are, and hell, Evander Kane for that matter, uh, I've called out guys like that for their actions, and it's completely fair. Ovi is kind of that figurehead right now, right? Like, we've had the, the conversations about our Timmy Panarin and kind of what happened last year or two years ago now where he you know, kind of stood up and talked about some of these things. CCM Hockey has elected to stop using Ovechkin and Russian players in their global marketing. Just another thing that's like, okay, what can these brands do? What can the double IHF and the NHL do? As, as small as it seems when you have these uh, entities all kind of doing at least a little bit, it does start to add up. Now, Ovi said last week, Basically, in a press conference, the quote was, please, no more war, in response to that. Full disclosure, though, and this is kind of what I'm getting to here. Uh, there is a, a former reporter by the name of Slava Malamud. Now, he has been somewhat controversial in the past. Uh, some of his takes have admittedly been off. And he isn't, act, you know, he isn't exactly objective in, in some of uh, the topics he discusses. But one thing that he's never really wavered on is him calling out Alex Ovechkin. And he had a Twitter thread up today uh, that was started off by saying, Fun fact, in 20, uh, 2014, Ovechkin called Ukrainians fascists, promoting the Putin narrative to legitimize his invasion of Donbass. Uh, when I called him out, the Capitals PR team wrote me uh, a message calling me a smug fan and not a journalist, uh, threatening to yank my credentials. And he continues to go on and kind of posting receipts over that. And someone indeed found the Instagram post from Ovi, uh, August 28th of 2014, promoting uh, the essential Save the Children campaign, uh, which was Save Children from Fascism, a social media campaign promoted by the Russian government, commenting explicitly on the situation in Ukraine, protecting the children, the Kremlin argues, justifies its military adventurism. Wow. So, 
what was mentioned before about the NHL, and kind of in a, in a sense with Wayne Gretzky, it's just that idea of you don't want to necessarily punish people for the actions of a government. We all know that in Russia, yeah, you don't have the same freedoms that someone like us would happen to have to sit here and just be like, I think Biden sucks. I think Trump sucks. I think Trudeau sucks. You know, you got to be pretty careful with some of that stuff. As we have seen, we have seen Russians protesting in the streets and getting arrested. It's just, it, it's what it is. Not that that doesn't happen here uh, on occasion, but it's just that idea of like, there is a fine line between playing ball and being complicit. And I I know a lot of people are wanting to side and think the best of Alex Ovechkin to say, well, he's doing what he has to do and that he has to play ball. But at the same time, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He is a grown-ass man, a very uh, famous individual Needless to say, he has a little bit more protections if he were to speak out beyond saying no more war and let alone promoting this propaganda for nearly the past decade. I'm sure even above that. I mean, you don't go as far as Dominic Hasek uh, as a Czech who obviously has some access to grind. Uh, He called Ovechkin a chicken shit and wants the NHL to suspend all Russian players. That's a bit much. Yeah. Um, but Rick Westhead mentioned this as well. Being blacklisted from international sports helped pressure South Africa to abandon apartheid. Uh, former Canadian Olympian Bruce Kidd says the same tactic should be used on Russia and that Canada should refuse to grant new work permits and visas for Russian NHL and junior hockey players alike. And again, I talk about that fine line. I strongly agree in a sense that, you know, you bar Russia from international sports, hockey, soccer, all of that, that can be very effective. You don't go too far in the direction of Dominic Hasek and banning people just because of where they happen to be from. Yeah. So it's a conversation in a general sense about Russians in the NHL right now. But again, the figurehead of that is Alex Ovechkin, and he's had his time to, like you said, be able to speak out and to be able to use his platform to uh, not play ball, let alone seem to be more than happy to go along with this, as has been pointed out, his Instagram picture to this day is still him and Vladimir Putin together. I I don't know what else can really be said yeah. in this regard. I've seen. I, I think. Th- sorry. Go for it. Um, no, I, I'm just saying. I've seen people comment like, "Oh, he's not. You know, he's not a. He's not into politics. He's just proud to be Russian." I'm like, if you're proud to be Russian, like. Uh, that that's one thing but you know a country is one thing a government is something else like and to mm-hmm. you have to be like here's the thing he's either completely ignorant or complicit because you have to be either one of those things to look at what that what that man has done in power that regime has done in power and just kind of stand mm-hmm. with it still shake his hand still want to do all that he if he could if he wanted to he would get his whole entire fucking family extended family out of there the man has made so much money for so many years. What was it like? Close to nine million. Yeah, like a third. He has like one of, one of the big early contracts, like thirteen years at like eight million, and like now he's making like nine or whatever. Like his the man is total fine. career earnings on Cat Friendly are listed at essentially one hundred and twenty eight million dollars just off of contracts. Yes. That doesn't include obviously sponsorships. And he could get like his that. entire family out of that country if he wanted to. There's. 
at some point, part of it has to be on him. I'm not saying it's all on him, but he's not a complete innocent bystander in all this. Like, it's the same sort of thing. When you have a platform like that, at times, yeah, uh, what you say matters and what your actions matter. So if you're campaigning for this person, you're going to get asked about what that person is doing a few years down the road when it, you know, when it it's a war crime. So, I yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, you, again, you don't have to go the Dominic Hasek route, which was too extreme. But, yeah, the, good, the dude should be held responsible, and I hope he fucking learns from it. Endo, I don't know if you have any thoughts, because obviously you, uh, you know, you are a little bit tied to the situation in a, in a sense that as you watch what's going on, it's, you know, you've put it out there, it's well known, so I don't mind saying it on here, like you are in a relationship with a Russian woman living in Canada. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I mean, like I said, I can sum up, I think, our general thoughts in that I'm sure we all agree the double IHF putting their pressure on and these entities putting the pressure on is the right way to go. Um, at the same time, right or wrong, the NHL face of what the hell is happening is Alex Ovechkin, and it's it, it doesn't paint a pretty picture of his character. Yeah, um, what I will say is um, there are a lot of people who are getting the people of Russia and the government of Russia confused. And mm-hmm. there have yeah, been many definitely. statements from people of Russia saying that we don't support us whatsoever. But also, these people can't say anything because they go out in the streets and they protest, and they're immediately just, like, arrested, detained, and all that. Because it's massively known in Russia that, like, any sort of, like, anti-Putin, like Putin, anti-government protest is, like, shut down almost instantaneously. And a lot of people are disappearing because si- siblings or family members inside of Russia have been saying things, and then suddenly their family's just gone. Um... To go back with uh, Ovi and his situation, I think there's there. It goes back to the argument of does people do people need to give their opinion on something like this? I think in this situation you kind of have to with your ties with Vladimir Putin and being on a former campaign to help him get reelected, um, which was which was a given at the time. Look, that's I'm gonna I'm just gonna be real. It was, it was a given he was gonna get reelected, but just there's just so much going on right now. Um, I just. Uh, my one thing is separate the people mm-hmm. from the government because the people don't want any of this whatsoever. Um, I, I that's like that's my takeaway yeah. from this too. And sorry to interrupt. It's just that idea of like when talking about this, I I always try to kind of direct people when I've seen comments of like, "Hey, fuck Russia!" Like the Russian government's. Mm-hmm. separate the government from the people yeah. for sure yeah. um and it's it's the same thing right with the idea of what uh Wayne Gretzky said you know mm-hmm. separate the players from what's happening but because of what the government's doing the players ultimately you know are going to lose yeah and you know certain privileges and, essentially. and in the long term that is a good thing and the reason i say that is because that that is going to force them to look at their government and say, what are you doing to piss off the entire world? And at some point, it's not just everyone else can't be wrong. And if you keep continue having that mentality, you're lost. But yeah, again, this is this is important yeah. in so, so many ways because you need that need. That's an that's an issue that needs to be solved from within. 
and yeah. as scary as it is and as many people as you know who are getting arrested i hope they continue to protest and i hope they continue to make their voices heard and yeah and i hope they can actually have freedom someday and be able to elect the person that they want and because yeah, yeah and that's, they're, they're those, and that's where it yeah. kind of drifts into like just again how much bigger this is yeah. than just hockey and mm-hmm. that's the side of stuff that obviously it's like hey we're not here to you know act yeah. as if we're we're experts in, in, in a, on a political spectrum or anything like that but it's just it's again it's it's an all encompassing conversation mm-hmm. and certainly the hockey world is affected by it and we'll continue to kind of see what happens and. I mean, again, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting, yep. right? I can add, yeah, if I could add one last thing is the worst part about this whole entire thing is that I've received messages from people of Russian and Ukrainian descent being like, I'm afraid to even like tell people that I'm, that I'm Russian because of the backblow because everything that's going on over there. And I have no idea what it would be like to have to be forced to hide your culture and basically be ashamed of who you are because of shit going on back home like that's that's crazy yeah and that also relates to like the nhl players as well who are rushing the send who basically put on their higher security like i i god knows how they feel because of them getting harassment and threats and that relates to back to all of this it's just like they don't have 99 percent of them don't have any didn't have any say in what was going on artemi panarin obviously was very outspoken against Putin and his regime and had to take two weeks off, make sure his family was safe. Like these people don't want it and they don't deserve any of the hate or any sort of speculation of them being quote unquote spies or whatever. It's, it's disgusting. And I hope that hopefully soon all this can get solved. Hopefully peacefully, like no more of this shit has to happen. Like no one deserves to die over this stuff whatsoever. Yeah. And to that point, like, again, the only reason why Ovi is so much in the spotlight is because he has taken those political stances, and now yeah. you got to answer for it. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not cancel culture, folks. That's, uh, hey, here's a legitimate question. What's what's up with these what's up with these posts? Yep. You know, where do you stand? This is who you stood by. Look at what's going on. What do you think now? Yeah, that's that's called accountability. And I feel like cancel culture and accountability are two different things, but keep getting people those things mixed up completely. I, f- it's, it's, I found that every time, mostly now, that people talk about cancel, cancel culture, it's just accountability. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, obviously, we could just go around in circles on this, but again, it's it's worth talking about. It is as much of a hockey topic as it is everything else. Like, this is an ongoing thing where, again, we continue to see. Like, you talk about the World Juniors coming up. You know, again, that we're rescheduled, how that's going to be affected. You talk about the World Juniors next year, supposed to be played in Russia. It is intrinsically tied to hockey. We will talk about some of the other things going on right now. Um, A couple more interesting topics here, not quite to the severity level of what we just discussed. But according to Chris Abata on Twitter, um, who is, and I want to make sure I have the the proper uh, description of who Mr. Bata happens to be. Uh, but he is of uh, the Hockey Press Pass podcast. He has worked uh, for the likes of the New York Times, among other things. Uh, he put out this tweet. Expect a new women's pro hockey league to begin play later this year. PWHPA-led 
will feature Olympians plus other top players. Major brands and networks are partnering, and there will be strong support from select NHL teams. Exciting times for the game. Hmm. So wait, what happens to the existing... So this is, again, separate to what the PHF is doing. Yeah. So the PHF, formerly of the NWHL, exists, and there is a new league starting, which puts us right back to where we were. Now, the positive of this league, if it does take off, is that, hey, more women are getting paid to play hockey, more women are getting that platform, as they rightfully should. The negative to me is everything else. Mm-hmm. Because it was not that long ago that we had the NWHL and the CWHL, the Canadian Women's Hockey League. And, again, one folds and, okay, well, we're going to go here. And then the PWHPA says, well, maybe we don't want to go there. And that's how we got in this mess in the first place. And I just see the establishment of two leagues. Women's hockey is not large enough to grow when there are two leagues. I don't understand this at all. Like, if if NHL teams are going to have strong support, why not back the existing league? Uh, So the NHL stance... Sorry, Endo, but the, the NHL stance has been we don't want to interject and take the lead on this until it's clear that we have no other choice. My opinion is the NHL has no other choice because it is, is it very clear, very clear that there is division between these two sides that both think that they know the proper direction to lead women's hockey forward and that they want to be the ones at the forefront to lead women's hockey forward. And as long as there are these two groups... You are not going to be able to like, likely, at least maybe it does happen, but my viewpoint is you have these two different leagues. I don't see how this gets to where it needs to go when, yes, it gives women's players an option for what league you want to pay in, and maybe the pay scale's better in one, but the spotlight's better in the other. I don't know. But at the same time, it just feels like you need that one league. Yeah. And... Yeah. Maybe they I, I merge just, like the AFL so, and the NFL. <laughs> so here's here's when we go back to the original happenings of what happened with the PHWPA and NWHL and the CWHL. So the season before the CWHL folded, they got a big boost. They're going to add bigger payroll to the athletes, give them benefits, all that. And then out of nowhere, after they after the Campbell Cup was awarded to Markham Thunder, I think it was. Bam, team fold. Also note that the CWHL was the first ever team to expand over to China with the Kunlun Red Star. And they had the division over there. Then Kunlun went over it and played in the ZHL, which is like women's hockey in Russia, China. Uh, but anyways, enough with that. Then CWHL folds. The Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the Calgary Flames, and I believe the Montreal Canadiens all come back and say, we're going to help you out and get this stuff started. And then the PW, the PHWPA starts. Uh, NWHL sees this opportunity. There's no league in Canada. All right, we're gonna we're gonna put a team over there. Bam! Here comes Toronto Six, and they're gonna possibly put another team over in Toronto. Uh, not Toronto, but another team in Canada. Now we have this discussion of a league hopping up with the PHWPA working together. Because remember, they're just a, a player association. So all this time they've been running like games through different brands like Sonnet and Secret sponsoring them. There's never been like a really big league. It's always been like a like a player showcase and kind of stuff like that, like every other four or five months, which is cool. Mm. And they've always had the support of the NHL organizations with the Toronto Maple Leafs and Flames buying them out of their situation in regards to the financial stuff. 
And was it not the PWHPA as well? Like at the All Star Game one mm-hmm. year, we got that spotlight where the women got to play a game yep. during the intermissions or whatever. There's always been a tie with the PHWPA and the NHL. There has never been a tie with the PHF or NWHL with the NHL whatsoever. Which is you would think they would be more like that because they've already expanded a lot more. But I guess yeah. the execs in the NHL are seeing better opportunities with the PHWPA because they organize themselves as a player association. As far as I know, the PHF does not have a player association. I can probably go ask one of my friends who plays there. Wait, does um, the PHF still? I, th- I thought it was just like the NWHL right now. So, so the PHF was rebranded from the NWHL. Okay, so why the hell isn't the PWHPA trying to partner with the P with with whatever the the newest Again, women's because, one? Because I don't get there it. There was that division the, there. Like oh, the Jesus. the main gripe. The main gripe with the the PWHPA is that they didn't like the leadership or the direction that the now PHF was taking. If I'm not mistaken, their main stance is that they kind of want the NHL to get involved, but the NHL kind of refuses to get involved while the PHF is there because they don't want to look like they're just stepping in and taking what other people worked for. Yeah. So the NHL is kind of at that standpoint of, of like teams will help out. And the Pittsburgh Penguins just announced four hours ago uh, that they're doing a women's match, uh, U.S. versus Canada uh, on March 12th. Uh, more information about that on the Penguins Twitter. Um, it, it's just that idea that the, you know, the, the two differences here, it, it's... okay. Just how it's holding things yeah. up. And yeah, the NHL teams themselves will work, but the NHL doesn't want to step in so long as there is hope that the women's game will completely die. But again, you have these two different entities that have their viewpoint on how to go about things. And despite have the they already PWSDA, tried to meet and like talk about things already? I, years. I think so, years. but it's been like two years. It's been minimum years. that the. Like, yeah. honestly, um, I think one of the reasons why the PHWPA won't work with the PHF was the bubble. Um, last year or a previous season ago, they had the bubble happen. And there was apparently from things that I've read, there was just like almost no care whatsoever on like keeping things over. Players were getting COVID completely. It was it was bad. Mm. It was like terrible. That tournament got the, the finals got canceled because like half like a whole entire team got COVID. And Yeah. Like okay. That mismanagement, if you're like an organization trying to grow your sport, and you're looking at them not being able to get a, a bubble going and being able to quarantine people off, you're kind of looking like, well, what yeah. are we supposed to do? Makes sense. All right. So at the end of it, we're just kind of here. Yeah, we'll wait and see. We're just here, and we're still waiting, and it's just – it's it's frustrating as a fan of the women's game. I mean, again, like we're just a few weeks removed from the Olympics and the gold medal game, uh, yeah. you know, Canada and the U.S. and how great of a game that was. And that's again, it shouldn't be every four years that we get a proper spotlight on the women's game. But I just don't see how they're going to end up where both sides want to end up until there is that common ground found Mm -hmm. and that they work together. I just, I don't know. It's like I said, there are some positives to this on the surface, but it just feels like we're right back to where we were six years ago. Maybe just with a little bit of an extra spotlight on women's hockey, but not by much. Yeah. Well, in good news, I guess, unfortunate good news, uh, the 
current commissioner of the PHF, Tyler T Tyler uh, Tamina, who originally came on board as a chairperson for the Toronto Six back in 2020 of April, of April. she announced that she is not going to be returning uh, after the playoffs. She basically resigned and will quit after the playoffs, which is kind of like, okay, that's great. And then you get to look back at her accomplishments is that she was able to get the $25 million infusion. That sees $7.5 million being directed towards the upcoming season afterwards. Uh, the league salary cap going up 150%, and players receiving full health care plus 10% equity in their teams, which is big. And then she just goes, all right, I'm out, dip, peace, whatever, cool. And you're like, okay, that's great what you did. Um, does this mean that we can get someone in here who can finally feel the conversation of getting things in? Because there are former members of the CWHL when they when they dropped off, uh, who I think it was Cam uh, Cassie Campbell Pascal, dropped off and said, "We need to get this partnership together." Like this is like back in 2016 um, for this to work. Because if there's just going to be two sides right beside each other, not talking or not doing anything whatsoever, you're not going to grow anything. Like if you look over in the SHL, they have a women's league and that's doing pretty damn good over there. The ZHL over there in Russia, that's doing pretty damn good over there too. Like you need to have one league to work it out and make it sure it works better. We'll see what happens is pretty much the best way to, to mention it. So, like I said, on one hand, positive, but on the other, it's tough to see this as the proper path forward, but we'll see. The other story that we wanted to talk about here before we get to talk about some fun stuff here to end the show. Uh, speaking about uh, doesn't really seem like the right path forward, the Chicago hockey team, first and foremost, congratulations. The first pair of siblings to ever play in the <laughs> NHL together with Caleb and Seth Jones. Amazing. Oh Big God. accomplishment in 2020. Huge. Um, Technically, <laughs> Daniel and Henrik are the same person. Genetically, actually. No, yeah. it's <laughs> They're too so genetically similar. Uh, who knows, man? That's uh, How did they... What? All I can say is obviously it was the TV network's mistake yeah. and not Chicago's themselves, but at the same Let's time, Chicago. Jesus. But also, yeah. lol, Jesus. that it happened in Chicago because we all mm -hmm. we all know how absolutely yeah. unaware of shit they are. Yeah. Well, uh, unaware enough that they have uh, done the expected. Uh, interim GM Kyle Davidson has now been made the official 10th GM in franchise history now. Uh, there will be people to respond to the criticisms and saying, well, oh, uh, Kyle Davidson wasn't there in in 2010. Uh, he joined up around, I do believe, 2012. Here's my response to, to that with the idea of, of Kyle Davidson being named the GM. My viewpoint is that they've done absolutely nothing to address the culture of this team. Nothing. Considering he has been a part of that organization for a decade and has essentially been built up by the people <laughs> that allowed that shit to happen in the first he was place. Literally not everybody, like he's their guy. Like <laughs> not everybody that was a part of the Kyle Beach controversy in 2010 has been a part of the Blackhawks during Kyle Davidson's tenure or throughout the duration of his tenure, but he has been around those same people. We just saw Rocky Wirtz a month ago throw a tantrum because someone dared ask him about what they've done since. Nothing has changed here. Congratulations to Kyle Davidson on being named an NHL GM. How fun. But at the same time, 
nothing changes with this team. Nothing. And, you know, I, I caught some flack on YouTube, heavens forbid, uh, because I refuse to call them anything but the Chicago hockey team. Uh, because, hey, first and foremost, number one, Rocky Words should not be in control of that team anymore. Fuck him. Number two, you should change the name and the logo. And if you disagree, fuck you. And that's not me white knighting. That's not me virtue signaling. That's me listening to people that are actually affected by that name and by that logo and aren't cool with it saying, hey, we're not cool with it. And me going, oh, I didn't realize that some people wouldn't have been cool with it. I'm going to listen to you. Hey, they're not cool with it. You should probably listen to them and change it because they would know. That's not virtue signaling or white knighting. It's called listening and being respectful of other people. End of the day, fuck the Chicago hockey team. There you go. There's my take. Solid. Let's <laughs> let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, how much soy do you like in your coffee, Toogie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm a big, big, big milk toast uh Fucking soybean oh, latte well, piece of shit over here. What's a milk drinker like you doing out here? <laughs> <laughs> the final thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's a Skyrim <laughs> reference, and everyone doesn't care because they're all playing Elden Ring like fucking tryhards. That game's a fucking. I'm 10 shocked you you're not into your Elden Ring. Right now. I, like I never played Dark Souls either, so. Eh. Me either, which is why I'm surprised it, nobody's been it like. It looks like hey, a different view of Diablo. I don't give a fuck. I don't know. I, I, I'd probably enjoy it. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm like, it's Total War Warhammer 3 came out. That's all I've been playing. That and some World of Warcraft now that they're not owned by, well, for much longer. I don't know. Is that, that transaction not done? I don't know. But, I don't even know. Who the hell knows? Let's not talk about shitty companies. Yeah. <laughs> it is the beginning of a new month. So I wanted to end this show by talking about our updated awards predictions as well as kind of talking about the playoff preview. Now we have some teams that are on about 55 games, but a few days ago, uh, everybody, every team hit at least 50 games played. So there was the, hey, what would the bracket look like if the season were to end? At 50 games. So we'll talk about that as well. But first and foremost, the awards predictions. We are going to do uh, what I would call the main six. And I want to start off with the Hart Trophy. Player most valuable to their team. And it's interesting in a sense that it's always that conversation versus, you know, or that conversation of can it be a playoff? It's got to be someone on a playoff team versus not on a playoff team, which is why Connor McDavid didn't win it a few years ago because the Oilers didn't make the playoffs. But when talking about the player most valuable to their team throughout the majority of this year, I have sided uh, with one Connor McDavid. And I think I'm still probably going to side with Connor, Connor McDavid. Um, there's a lot of people, I'd say, that deserve a nod for this particular award. Uh, forwards, defenders, and goaltenders alike. Connor McDavid's still the best player in this league right now. Yeah. Although, boy, is uh, with the season he's having, Austin Matthews is starting to enter that conversation just a little bit. I'll throw that up. I'm still going to say it's just jerking, just uh, piss off Rangers fans and say they're being carried by a goaltender again. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Every, every time a fan base starts getting all excited and, and, and they're a big fan base, I'm just like, hey, come at me, bro. Let me say something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, 
I, I don't oh, know. Just just throw the re- throw the line out yeah. there and just see what <laughs> it's happens. It's a disease. I can't help it. I really can't. It's the Habs, Toronto, now the Rangers. I I'd had no problem mm. with the Rangers before. All of a sudden they're getting good. I'm like, hmm, all right, let's poke. Well, when the Bruins get poke. Tomas Hurdle, I'm gonna be insufferable. So be ready for that. <laughs> um, I, I'm an instant Bruins fan if if Tomas Hurdle to anywhere Tomas Hurdle goes, unless he goes to Vegas. Uh, then he's dead to me. But there's no way they can fit it. They're already <laughs> circumventing the fucking cap like more than Tampa Bay. Like, how can they fit anyone else? Mm. Very true. <laughs> Endo Mills, your choice. Right now, March 1st, 2022, who would be the Hart Trophy winner for this season? I'm going to be a homer and say Austin Matthews. The way he's playing right now, very, very, like, put the team on, put the team on his back. Yeah, um, put the you team see that save he made? It was back. so much better than that save Jack Campbell made that Sportsnet pointed out. <laughs> we're, we're still talking about, all about the like Jack months. Campbell save. You know what? Yes. <laughs> the I did ratio the fuck out of Sportsnet, so yeah. Yeah, we're, this is beautiful. <laughs> the Norris Trophy for top defenseman in the league. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. I mean, there's no one else who even comes close. Adam Fox cannot sniff his jock strap. Damn. All right, he can sniff I it. I mean, he can sniff it. No, just kidding. He's Adam in the Fox same is, locker room. Yes, yes. He, but, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm being, I'm just playing off of the Rangers shit. I was saying, but yeah, no, he's <laughs> Adam Fox is ridiculous. So he's great, but Kale McCarr is just on another level. Like, it, it's hard to describe. Like, obviously, Nate McKinnon is one of the best players in the NHL, but Connor McDavid mm-hmm. is on another level. That's kind of yeah. how I look at it with you know McCarr versus Fox. So it's funny because Victor Hedman, I think it was, had a statement about like, yeah, we want the Norris to be for like the best all-around player, not just the offense. And I almost feel like that's a shot at Kale McCarr. Should be a <laughs> because shot at there himself. Are four, there are four defensemen over a point per game pace right now that have played the majority of their team's games. That is Adam Fox, Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, and Kale McCarr leading the way. So it's almost funny in a sense that you know, you talk about that, it's like, okay, well, offensively, all four of them are great. Who is the best defensively when all four are known for being more offensive defensemen I doubt in the first Hedman place. was saying that when fellow countryman Eric Carlson was winning Norris trophies. That man doesn't defend for shit. Like, McCart's better at defense than Eric Carlson. If you don't think so, you're wrong and you're a Homer Sharks fan. But most, I don't know, there's a Sharks fans are divided between whether Eric Carlson's good or not, so... <laughs> uh, well, I think some have just accepted that he's going to be there for a long time, and others are still trying to yeah. find a way to get that contract out of there. A lot of copium, a lot and, of hopium. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Endo Mills, your choice right now for Norris winner. Norris winner? Um, yeah. I don't know, man. After this, after Jake watching uh, my team not play any defense, I don't even give a fuck about defense. Jesus. Um, there you go. Just go all in. Yeah. Um, Adam Fox is doing well. Hedman's doing well. I don't know who to pick. I mean, Bakar is fucking a stud, so he's just cutting through everyone like butter. So maybe maybe Kale McCarr? There you go. It's a hat trick for Kale McCarr. Mm -hmm. The Vesna winner for top goaltender. Let's throw it. I was going to say, let's throw it right back to Endo for his choice. <laughs> Joe Wall. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to take a quick look because I want to say UC Soros because that guy's f- cracked. You sure you guy. don't want to say Billy Huso of the St. Louis Blues? Oh, the best God. goalie on that team? Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me just look up. 
Let me look up the current. Go to, right, go to well, Sen. I'm going to look something up. I mean, it, we'll go to me. It's Igor Shosturkin. Yes. For fuck's sake. Yes. It like, has it's to not be. even a conversation. I mean, I had, I had him as the heart. Like, uh, yeah, that's that's my guy. It's got to be Shosturkin. Like, if he doesn't win the heart, he's winning the Vesna. If you honestly, if he wins the Vesna, he should be considered for the heart. Like, he's just mm -hmm. been that good. And it can't really be understated. And I miss the Y in his name. I don't know why he, why he went with the anglified <sighs> spelling. You know, Shestiorkin. Shestiorkin. <laughs> yeah, we we have to Shistiorkin. we have to Americanize it while yeah. we're here, or North Americanize it. The Shestiorkin. How we miss the Shestiorkin. Yeah, he's definitely getting the fucking Vesna. Are you kidding me? A one nine five. Holy what? shit! Oh, oh. I think he has a one ninety. Four? 1.95. It's GAA, but isn't... Yeah. I, I was looking at save percentage for Vesna. Holy shit. Ooh. Yeah, he is... Uh, he's insane. Because GAA would tie more <laughs> into the William M. Jennings. Mm. The shout Calder. To, yeah. Oh. For, shout out to nobody. Fuck your shout out. Fuck your shout out. Fuck you. Shout out shout to, out to you. Calder Trophy winning Mo Cider. Pretty straightforward as well. Yeah. Um, respect to Lucas Raymond, Michael Bunting, Trevor Zegras. Respect to my light. Shout out to my dying light. He's like the best defenseman um, on their team already. Dude, he's like the best defenseman in the league. <laughs> he's good. Like, that's great. I can't. Was he 15th overall or something stupid? And everyone's like, what is it? who's this guy? Who are they picking here? I think he was sixth. Let me okay. clarify that. He was sixth, yeah. I don't know why I always think he went like middle first when Detroit was ass. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Oh, uh, the 2019. He was projected NHL at like draft. way far away from that. I know that. Like Moritz Sider was ranked sixth among European skaters heading into that draft. He was behind Capo Caco, Vasily Polt Colson, Victor Soderstrom of the Coyotes. Uh, a forgot you existed. Uh, Jets defenseman Vili Heinola, Edmonton's Philip Berberg, and then it was Cider. Sixth. After, In fairness, after Trevor Zegers was man. <laughs> Trevor Zegers was sixth among North American skaters behind Jack Hughes, Bowen Byram, Kirby Doc, Alex Turcott, and Dylan Cousins. So that uh, 2019 draft is something else, but yeah. yeah, no, they. I think that reaction's legendary of them taking more at Cider, and a lot of people being like, okay, and. Uh, Steve Eiserman, everybody. I he has to be the Calder winner. Yeah. Um, this I mean, dude. As as you can be like, oh, points wise, he is three points behind Lucas Raymond. He's a defenseman. It's it's insanity. Like it has to be more insider. Yep. Endo, any disagreement? Nah, no, not at all. It, I think they won't give amazing. it to him. Off to be fair, I don't think they'll give it to him, but they should. They better. I mean, it's it would be egregious for them to not. The Jack Adams for top coach. I, I did also write down the Selkie, but let's be honest, it's Patrice Bergeron. Um, the end. Like it's it's one of those things where people might not vote for him just because it's the obvious choice. But sometimes the obvious choice, at least as we've discussed here, is correct. Austin the Jack Matthews. Adams. <laughs> Aston Matthews. Uh, uh, to be fair, Top coach. he actually has a decent two-way game now, so good for him. He has an elite two-way game, and I don't know how the hell that happened. Coach yeah. of the year right now. Babcock. <laughs> First round exit Mike Babcock in whatever play. <laughs> 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 Fucking shimmy. See what I did? I am. Uh, I'll let's, turn let's, him into uh, a good let's puller. see if I can 
See if I can timestamp that to make sure that I uh, turn, that I turn that into a GIF. Fucking hell. Oh, I, can... uh, <laughs> I mean, coach of the year, we've had that conversation numerous times, right? Like, where do you side versus like, okay, you're just a damn good team versus we didn't expect you yeah. to be this good. The idea of do you just take the coach where it's okay, you can have one coach in the NHL for your team. Who do you take? And that is often my scale. Where if I look, I mean, yeah, like obviously like John Cooper and the Lightning have been great. Uh, J- uh, Jared Bednar for Colorado, obviously right now they're the top team in the league in terms of points. Uh, Daryl Sutter's been really good in his return to Calgary. There is one coach that I would take above all else right now for my team, and that is Rod Brindamore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You take my dad can beat up your dad. You take the most jacked coach and you run with it. Yeah. Period. I would like to give a shout out to the Minnesota coach and Nashville coach. I don't even know who the fuck they are, but they've done some pretty damn good things. That would be Dean Evison, Evison, and uh, John Hines. <laughs> we don't talk about that enough. John Hines, who got shit canned by the Devils, goes to the Preds, but they've actually done okay this year. It's yeah. kind of shocking, really. We don't talk about that enough. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Preds fans are going to be like, he sucks. He's terrible. Yeah. UC Soros is saving his job. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I, I just look. At, I don't pay attention to those two. <laughs> just like, yeah, they're doing pretty right. good. Better than I thought they would. Maybe that's just my own bias. And Endo Mills, is your choice uh, Is your choice Sheldon Kiefer or are you a bad Leafs fan? No, fuck that. I mean, he's dealing with a bunch of... I feel like the Leafs are just the island of misfit toys. And he's just kind of like having to manage that. Um, I think if the Vancouver Canucks make the playoffs, um, oh. it is Bruce Boudreau. Uh If oh, not, that's what about good, if the Habs you know, make the playoffs? Marty St. Louis, baby. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, think, I mean, they're just, too I don't far think so. Hole, right? <laughs> I don't oh, think, yeah. I don't think they give it to the St. Louis. I think they give it to Bruce. I think they would. It, it makes sense. He took that team literally from the bottom and just got them up there. I think the Habs are riding a high right now, and I think they're going to come back to earth and then secure a top 10 pick. Especially sure. Cole Caulfield. Especially. <laughs> Garbage. Trash. Not elite high top six, guys. Trust me. Medium bottom six potential tops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, How did we get there? I was like... Uh, you you guys have jumped on the same thing everyone else was basically accusing me of, of calling him trash. Well, all I said is, like, I don't think he's elite. Like, it just came from me having his it's potential just... as high top six instead of medium elite. And people freak the fuck out. Uh. I just thought they were just stunting his development by playing him in the NHL with uh, the current coaching situation. I just thought it was terrible. They should have absolutely the were. It up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely and then were. fucking St. Louis like, ah, I'm short, too. I'll give you that like, secret. Yeah, everyone just have fun. They gave him they gave him Michael's secret stuff and then he just suddenly started playing really well. You told everyone to have fun. Of course the fucking hobbit is gonna do good, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just just stomping around with your big feet. Yeah, dude. I'm taking the puck to Isengard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make that their goal song. <laughs> yeah, every time every time Cole Caulfield scores. The 
<laughs> that edit coming soon to a TikTok near you. Oh, boy. Final thing. <laughs> How the hell? We should end the show right there. Jesus, that, that, yeah, that's the peak. Final thing I wanted to discuss today, again, that playoff preview through playoffs. 50 games. Playoffs? 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 Open we can win a game. <laughs> <laughs> There's your new head coach or new GM if Doug Wilson comes. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Western Conference through 50 games, opening round, one seed versus eight, Colorado and the LA Kings. Do the Kings win a game in that series? I'd yeah, give them one. I give them one. Like they're gonna, they're gonna do an LA Kings thing and like shut and win a game like two to one, just because they're still the LA Kings. <laughs> like one last happen. great glimpse of playoff Jonathan Quick. Yeah, they'll win one. I'll the St. Louis Blues would play the Minnesota Wild mm. in a series that would kind of scare me if I was a member of the Wild mm-hmm. because how many times have these two teams met in the playoffs? Yeah. I would hope the Wild would win, but I could honestly see the Blues winning that. That's a scary series for both teams. That's tough. I want to say Blues, or sorry, I want to say Wild in like six or seven, but it could just as easily be the Blues in that amount. Hmm. Just because they just, again, the way the playoffs are called. (laughs) Yeah. I am still begging for the Wild to trade for Claude Giroux. Me too. If if they get Claude Giroux, they they don't breeze by the Blues, but they're they're winning in five and six or five or six at that point, I think. Unless Villahuso yeah. goalies them, but at the same time, man, I don't, that's that's a good ass team. I, the Wild have a good ass roster. The Calgary Flames would play the Nashville Predators. Calgary, I feel like would have to be the favorite, but at the same time, man, UC Soros versus Jacob Markstrom in a playoff setting. I would watch every game of that series yeah, just to see every scoreline end two to one. That'd be so insane. <laughs> yeah, it's that's going to be a grind. Like that could go any length, either four for, through seven. But no matter what, it's going to be it's going to seem a lot closer than what the result is. I think that's how that series mm-hmm. goes. And I want to make sure we hear from Mendo on this one because I don't know if you would have had opinions about other ones, but I know Sim would have an opinion on this, which I will save his opinion for last. The Vegas Golden Knights would play the Edmonton Oilers. If that series started today, how do you see that one going, Endo? Oh man, you get a you get a McDavid and Eichel playing against each other on an actual in a playoff setting. Yeah, in an actual yeah. matchup that actually is what everyone wanted to see for fucking how many years? Like that, and that, never would have been possible that. unless they made the finals. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. That's great marketing for the NHL. They should be happy. I'm telling you, that, conspiracy theory. They planned that. This is all planned. Everything's a simulation. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. No, but it'd be, it'd be very interesting. I see that game going six. I see that series going six. six really? Yeah. The Knights are going to sweep Sin. them or beat them in five. I don't care how good McDavid is. He's going to be yanked on from every direction and not get a call. The Knights are going to win that series. I hate to say it. That's, that's the simple fucking reality. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they've, they've stacked themselves too much. They're going to they're gonna abuse the, I, the IR whatever LTIR and uh and they're gonna yeah they're gonna have the Oilers have jack shit they have McDavid dry saddle which doesn't count in the playoffs because they're gonna be hung we're gonna go back to the 90s and early 2000 rule set for the playoffs essentially so yeah it's gonna be the Knights all day I agree I'm sorry but I just I have no faith in Edmonton's defense right now I have no faith in their goaltending in a playoff scenario unless you're winning every game seven to six it's just not happening nope not a chance. 
Eastern Conference, first round would be Carolina and Boston. Carolina, Watch what out was for it? the eggshells, everybody. Carolina has outscored Boston like 16 to 3 or some shit this season in three games. Ah, fuck, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's going to it'd be Carolina. I'm sorry. They're so they're so deep. Like they're just so deep and unfortunately, the Bruins' biggest problem right now is depth. Now, this is why I wanted to do this in case people were wondering. Because you look at these matchups and you say, "Okay, Colorado LA. Colorado's winning that." There's not too much L.A. can do. Maybe Philip Forsberg, but the news is out today that Nashville wants to hold on to him. So, meh, not much L.A. can do. The Blues and Wild, what did we bring up? Man, Minnesota, really make that trade to give you your chances. And what am I mentioning now with the Hurricanes and the Bruins? You look at these potential matchups and you say, okay, how is this going to go? So for me as a Bruins fan, Carolina wins this series unless the Bruins hold on to Jake DeBrusque. And get somebody else like a Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. The Bruins get Tomas Hurdle, and then That's all of a sudden it's like, yeah. mm, okay, maybe it's not just a Carolina six, you know, game victory. Yeah, that would so, make it interesting. That's why I wanted to do this was to say like, okay, the losing team, what can they do if anything to give them a chance? And obviously for the Oilers, it's for the love of God, get a goaltender, you fucking morons. <laughs> So, are we in agreement as it stands? Carolina wins unless the Bruins do something? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Final three here. Pittsburgh would play the New York Rangers in round one. That's a tough That's one. Yeah. Very tough. That's one. a tough one. Because, like, Pittsburgh ain't what they used to be, but they're also still Sidney Crosby's Penguins. And uh-huh. uh, they still got some really, really good pieces. Again, I don't know. Uh, how, how much of the I Rangers been ride, riding Shesterkin? Does he hold up in the playoffs? Do the Rangers hold up in the playoffs? You, we're right on the same page here. I view it as the Penguins have the better overall roster. The Rangers, though, have the X, fast, uh, X Factor and the best goalie in the world right now. Yeah. I, like, I'm sorry, but I, I cannot trust a defense that has, you know, 22-year-old Keandre Miller potentially 20-year-old Braden Schneider, Patrick Nemeth, uh, Libor Hayek. Like, I, I cannot trust that current defense. Fucking Nils Lundqvist is young as hell. Like, right now, as it stands, it is the overall depth of the Penguins versus the goaltending of the Rangers. And I would have to go with the Penguins. So for the Rangers, go for it. Add. You have all of this young talent. You have the best goalie on earth right now. They have their first and second, as well as St. Louis's second this year. Their first and second over the next two years. They have prospects. This is the time where you have to decide. Are you going to try and jump cut the line a little bit and go for it now? Or do you wait to see what prospects pan out and then hope that, you know, you, you've drafted the right guys and made the right bet because with a team like this, you have Chris Kreider playing the best hockey of his career at 30 years old. You have Zabanajad. You have Panarin. I'm intrigued to see what they do with this deadline. Do you risk a little bit of that future for what I view as a legitimate shot as early as this year, depending on what moves they make? You have a goalie as hot as Shesterkin. Do you go for it now? I mean, I'm not saying 
you know, trade everything, but they certainly have the picks and the prospects to go out and get a Philip Forsberg, yep. uh, to go out and pick up, uh, I'm not sure who the best defenseman would be on the Mar- uh, Hampus Lindholm. They have the ability to go out and get a Hampus Lindholm easily. And personally, I think they should do it, or they're probably not going to make it too far unless Shesterkin puts on a, a Tim Thomas-esque playoff performance. Yep. Fair to say. Panthers and Caps. I want the playoffs to start today, by the way. Panthers, These matchups are insane. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. Like, the Caps, I, I don't trust their goaltending. And... Do you trust the Panthers, though, with Sergei Bobrovsky? <laughs> right? But uh, they're so much more stacked than the Caps are. Like, I, th- I would say the Panthers are way more stacked than the Caps were when they were winning all those presidents and not mm. going far. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the Panthers, for me, I think they've got to be conference finals minimum. Or else it's kind of a failure of a year for them with, with the way they've been playing. I with. agree. Yeah. There's a lot of teams in that category, by the way, in the Eastern Conference. Yes. Carolina. Panthers, the Caps honestly could make a run, and then both teams in that final matchup that I think Endo's been dreading. Both of those teams as well are kind of in that mindset. I would go with the Panthers. I mean, I don't think, though, the Caps are a bad team at all. I could see either team winning this matchup because, yeah, goaltending is a bit of an X factor. The experience edge that the Caps have is a little bit of an X factor there, too. Uh, the Caps have all their picks, though. I think, again, might want to be uh, a little bit involved at the deadline. I mean, again, for as much as we question the uh, potential character of Alex Ovechkin, uh, he's still, again, one of the greatest players of all time, surefire Hall of Famer. He is 36 years old. Backstrom is 34. If, if you're going to go for it, go for it. Like, you have prospects in the system. You have picks in the system. You can't really afford to be half in, half out. Go yeah. for it. And against Florida, you're going to want to shore up your odds a little bit more. Yep. Yeah. The final Eastern Conference matchup, if the season were to start, or the playoffs were to start after 50 games played, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's a full fucking sweep. I don't give a f- – they're not going to win a single game. They're going to have, like, over under, like, fucking six goals or some shit. It's going to be it's going to be terrible. It's going to be absolutely terrible. And Leaf fans are going to call for Dubas's head. And everyone's going to go on the street and riot and then complain and then have a freedom fucking rally to free the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs and all this shit. And fucking hell, it's going to be a there's going to be a riot in Toronto if they if they don't get past the first round this year. And if they have to play against fucking Tampa Bay, I'm already going to get my pitchfork and just give it to someone else. I'll be sitting there like out with cotton candy, selling cotton candy during the riot. Just be like, yep, yeah, I got to make a dollar. You can find Sin on Twitter at SinFTWProd <laughs> and on YouTube at Sin for the Win Productions. <laughs> There's nothing else to be said in this show, is there? No, that's that's brilliant. Yeah. End it on that note. Oh, God. Endo, what are you up to on the content creation side of things? Crying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, my banner does on my Twitter, let's say cry a lot, at Endo Mills. I'm looking to... I should have an announcement later this week on something that I'm working towards. Me too. I'm going to be possibly doing a charity stream. Um, I've been thinking about marathoning Kirby Air Rides City Trial, getting all 120 checklist boxes in one single setting. 
it's going to take a long time because there's a lot of stuff you have to do, both in the game itself, in stadium and in free ride. So that'll probably be like a good 12 hour stream, if not longer. Yeah. So you can find me there. Uh, uh, Twitch.tv slash Endo Mills as well. That's what I do. That's where I be. Sin. Yeah. What are you up to? Yeah. Well, the normal stuff that you mentioned and uh, keep keep an eye out for uh, an entirely uh, new uh, version of me about to uh, hit the world mm, side of me yeah, that one's, that's a little weird and ominous, <laughs> ominous um a side of me a creative side of me that people might not even know of and uh or haven't heard or seen okay i think i'm aware of what this is after that was mentioned probably um as well check out his nashville predators franchise the team i was going yeah. to use but you know you can't you can't step on the toes of friendos so <laughs> instead uh on twitch we we started up a challenge with the flyers because uh no i was gonna to use minnesota flyers. and then realized they were really good and yeah. i'm like i need a dumpster fire and i picked minnesota and immediately traded claude Giroux <laughs> to uh to minnesota there you go because i'm gonna force it to happen uh but yeah you guys know the deal with me youtube twitch turkey 24 the whole shebang uh, Endo and I have some some stuff that's going to be in the works soon. Maybe coming up at the end of the month or into uh, into April. It's uh, it's going to be a year of change on my channel as well that I'm very much looking forward to. We will be back this Friday. Uh, God, who knows what we'll get to talk about then and there. Shit's been nuts. Although at the same time, you can catch man. We might have to do a Thursday show this week. You can catch Sin and I oh, yeah. this Friday. Twitch.tv forward slash Sports Gamer GG. That is sportsgamer.gg as well for the website as we uh, do the commentary duty for yeah. the top sixes esports league in the world. That's right. I said it. You're not going to want to miss this matchup. Competitive sixes at the highest level where who knows what kind of animations or loops you'll see yeah. <laughs> because esports yeah. ready NHL 22. Oh, God. We'll see you all later this week. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, go Leafs go, right? Oh, man, no. No <laughs> Leafs, no. Uh. <laughs>